answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, glad you are here as we are participating in our radio program, podcast, talking about financial markets. Myself and my co-host here, we are both practicing financial advisors. We spend our money through Friday meeting with people like yourself, and um, we broadcast this program on the weekends to hopefully be your financial advisors on the air. Or on your listening device. Whatever yes. that may be. Whatever well, whatever air means anyway, right? Yes. For that matter. But I didn't quite understand how it all works. For that <laughs> it's all right. It's all we, we're kind of a f- numbers guys, finance people. Yeah. So uh, obviously a lot to talk about this week. <laughs> Uh, I don't think the mark. I don't think the markets are, um, go down anymore. It's um, it's uh, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. I saw this report that showed uh, year to date twenty twenty one. The lower the priced stock, not like price to earnings ratio, just or, the price of the, the stock. The price of, of the stock. The lower the price of the stock, the higher the returns been year to date, like dramatically so. Well, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, there's a whole new crop of investors that the uh, Wall Street firms, or now they call fintech firms, financial technology yeah. firms, have gamified uh, this investing for many. And um, we're they, talking they, about stocks under a dollar a share. Yeah, the gamified. It's 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 all momentum investors. Hundred percent. People don't even all know momentum. What they're... Yeah, they don't. They don't even have a, a clue what they're buying. You know, one of it was a, te- uh, a Chinese, uh, like a Tesla, Chinese Tesla. Well, I think it was called Oin, O-I-N. And I was just looking at the stock. It was unbelievable. It was like oh, Tesla. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, Tesla all yeah. over again. It's funny. I had a call this week with uh, an investment banker with Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, obviously, well-respected. And um, I was actually just talking about his work environment because he's Manhattan, and like, what's it like? And because Goldman Sachs tried to get people back in the office, when, so he, he was t- t- describing his group. And there's a there's he's right near this group of traders. And I said, I just said to him, I said, it's funny because when I talk to individual investors who think that they can do well by picking stocks, I said, always remember, I said to this guy, you're competing against a whole floor of traders who work for Goldman Sachs, the top. The brightest kids out of the brightest business yes, schools. Out of Harvard, Princeton, <laughs> Wharton, Yale, the Stanford, top, the whole bit. The top business schools. And they're trading in, in the company's accounts. Correct. Correct. I said, that's who you're trading against. So. <laughs> yes. Anyway, if you look at some of these things, it's kind of crazy. And look, it, it, if you want to have a portion of your portfolio that you want to use for speculative gambling or whatever, and that's fun for you to do, Fine. But have it be a some percent of your portfolio. Keep it away from your serious money. Have it in a separate account from your serious money, and don't ever confuse the two. Yes, I understand what, what this the bull. Object- this bull market will end. I mean, how much have we gain since the um, uh, election time? Like twelve percent. It's like yeah. every day it goes up. Yes. Which is, you know, and we're actually seeing bond yields come up significantly as a percentage over what they were a few months ago, which means that. It's going to drive even more money into equities, at least for the short term, as people take losses on uh, parts of their bond portfolio. It's interesting. It, as I have said many, many times, I believe that what is driving this is a lack of opportunity and disposable income. People have more disposable income. I mean, the divide between wealth in the United States has gotten so much oh. larger in the last year. And those that actually have jobs, their disposable income goes up. Why do you think people are actually remodeling or redoing their kitchen or their bathrooms? I was talking to a contractor. He goes, Pat, I've never been busier. Never been busier. Oh, they're all slammed. Yes. Just nothing but busy. 
Well, in part, you, you can't go anywhere. You can't, you? Yeah, you have people come to your <laughs> house. Like, where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. My, my, I'm driving my wife crazy. I'm like, let's just go somewhere. Let's go camping. Let's just do anything. She said, it'll be over soon. I'm not, I haven't been on a business trip in I don't know how long, and, I'm, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I miss the business trip every once in a while. I know. I feel it's it's anyway. We're on this boat right. together. Let's <laughs> take some calls. If you'd like to join the show, it's eight three three ninety nine worth. If you have questions about your money, your four hundred one k taxes, um, IRAs, IRA distributions, even life insurance, we will take those calls. Annuities, we have strong opinions about those. Uh, if you'd like to join the show, eight three three ninety nine worth. That's eight three three nine nine nine. Six seven eight four, and we're going to go to the phones. We're going to talk with Sam. Sam, thanks for joining. All worse money matters. Hello. Yes, I have a question on four hundred one k to Roth conversions. I understand that your uh, each conversion requires to be kept five years before we can withdraw without penalty or tax. How do you track earnings for each conversion when all the all the conversions are on one single account? Let me ask another question. Why is this important to you? How old are you? Well, I'm 65, so that wouldn't be a, a big issue for me. But the question just came through my mind. If I were below 59 and a half, how would I do that? You would have to, You well, you might have a record keeper where you've got your investments that could track that for you because they'll keep track. They can track what your earnings are and you can certainly track what your cost pay. So if you converted $20,000 one year, three years later, you converted another account of $10,000. Well, you, you know you have $30,000 in there. Any growth above um, any growth above that 30000 is going to be growth. Yes. It's your cost basis. It's a, yeah, but, but, but I thought you had to track the earnings for each conversion as well. No, oh, no, so no, I, no. Uh, buying, it, buying and selling. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. In terms of the five-year start date. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, and why do you care? I mean, you ask in a question. I mean, theoretically, yes, I suppose. I, I've, with, I've never done any financial planning with someone where this was a, of importance. And it doesn't sound like well, it is it, to you. So what's was. the question? Well, I misunderstood. Well, I'm, I'm, you lost me here, Sam. The five years. So you can't, in order to get your earnings out of a Roth IRA, yes. you've got to wait till at least five years or 59 and a half. Yes. So he's talking about you did one conversion years ago. And then you did one a year later and then a year later and a year later. And suddenly now you want to take a withdrawal. I've never run into it. Correct. Now, I, I don't, I'd Correct. have to look so, up the answer. So uh, why, why do you care? He just, it was curiosity, I, I think. Well, at first, when when I first thought about this, I thought I would be impacted by it. But after doing more research, I realized that since I'm over 59 and a half, it doesn't impact me That's anymore. That's right. That's right. But you could all, but, you can always. But the question is still in my mind. How can you track it? Oh, well, you can track it. I mean, tracking, it's the easy part, Right. I mean that you can you could look at statements well, to see when monies were deposited in the Roth IRA, and that's the basis for that uh, distribution. And it's not such maybe. Well, it's, yes. Oh, you're thinking about the the, the growth on that. But even see. still, yeah. All right. So let's say you you invest you, you converted ten thousand dollars and you invested in um in the S and P five hundred. The S and P five hundred, and you took another ten. The year later, you took ten thousand and invested in in Intel. Yeah, and then I sold the S and P five hundred, and then with the gains, I bought something else. Oh, they don't care what you own. That's correct. They don't care what you they own. They don't care what you own. So what happens is you would actually look at the return and you would move it on a pro rata basis over that you, year. You so can take was, out, yeah, and you could take out your entire earnings before you're into your your cost basis on this. So you can go through and take out the earnings of it first. Yeah. It, it, sorry. Calcul not, wait, 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 hold on a second. But calculating it would be pretty easy. It, it wouldn't be. It's, it's simple arithmetic. It, it, what would happen is you'd look at the return for that particular year, and then you'd actually Some wait. Some record keeper, keeper you'd, probably, keeps you'd, track of this anyway. You'd wait it, but, but the reality is, is that a record keeper could, could 
just tell you what the number is. I know we could at all worth if we manage money and you said, okay, I want to take this out. So other, other than this hypothetical question that doesn't pertain actually, to you, is there, I mean, of all it, things to worry about, yeah, you know what the biggest thing that people worry, should worry about, and they mess up the most on Ross are, is when they do a IRA conversion to a Roth conversion and they have non-deductible versus deductible IRAs. That's the biggest mistake we see in the use of a Roth. And by the way, if you're listening, thanks for the call, Sam. If you're, if you haven't done uh, for the year 2020 uh, a non-qualified IRA contribution and then converted to a Roth, I would suggest you look into yeah, that. Yeah, kind of the back uh, back end Roth. Yeah, and I actually just did mine. I'll tell you how you did. Yes, it's because you were married. Your your wife did it. I bet you anything. No, I, I actually initiated it, but I only in January. In January, but I do it for 20 and 2021 all at the same time. And then the Two next calendar years, I did the same exact thing. And then the next time I'll do it in January of 23 is I'll do the same thing. Essentially what Pat's talking about here is if you cannot qualify to make a, a Roth contribution because you exceed the income limits, you can, you can, you're still able, as long as you have some earned income, able to contribute to a non-deductible IRA. Now, we would never would typically not recommend use non-deductible IRAs, particularly with people who already have a bunch of other assets. But you can put it you put the money into the non-deductible IRA and then you immediately convert that to a Roth IRA. And that sounds easy, except if you have other IRAs that were deductible IRAs, you have to convert it on a pro rata basis. So, so you, you have to get, take those into account. You have to take As those example, into account. I personally don't have, uh, years ago I converted a, sm- a small IRA that I had from when I was young to a, a Roth IRA. And I, I, haven't, I personally have no other IRAs. I have a 401k and a Roth. And so when I make a contribution to a non-deductible IRA, let's say I put $6,000 in it, and I immediately convert that to an IRA, my cost basis, I already accounted for because it was a non-deductible IRA. It's, a, it's, a, it's not going to trigger any tax bill for me. But had you had an IRA. My wife has an IRA from when she worked at Intel, her first few years of being married, her 401k. It's interesting. You want to look at the, the, the benefits of long-term growth. She quit this job 25 years ago, and she had a very small 401k balance, which is uh, of quite a large IRA now, just letting the markets do their thing over a period of time. I don't try to time it. Don't try to say when the market get in or get in. Um, but if I were to do the same for her, what would happen is when I converted that to Roth IRA, it would trigger a big tax bill because the, they would look at pro rata that say, okay, you put in $6,000 in this non-deductible, but you've got $100,000 in the deductible is, yes. IRA. Then you would actually look at it and you'd only be able to move six percent of the dollars in the well, in other words you would get you would it would trigger a tax. tax bill on it but, but if listen you should look into it i i do it every year but the way i time it i do the same thing i'll do it in two calendar years i'll do it in two calendar years just so i don't have you, could, you got until april 15th to make a contribution for 20, 2020 yep and you could do it at any time between now and april 15th theoretically for 2021 contribution but heck between January 1st and April 15th, it's that window of time when you can make a contribution for the current year as well as the previous year. Yep. It's a good time to... I do mine normally the first two weeks in January. And I am married to an accountant, so it does make it easy. <laughs> she actually... <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> I had it on the calendar. She reminded me. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things on my list, but it's like... It's, uh, uh, I, I, it, it is really... I've got to tell you, if... It is quite nice being married to an accountant. She pays all the bills and keeps a spreadsheet on our accounts, and it's great. And I love <laughs> <It's> her. <great. laughs> I love her. There's and I got that. that going for me. And she's the <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> she's but the, she's she does a, such a, a good great job box. with the bills. <laughs> she's all right. Well, it is interesting, Pat. We'll go to back to the calls here in a minute. So if you're on, uh, stick with uh, eight hundred. 99 worth is to get on with all worth's money matters. But I'm sorry, Scott. 833.99 worth. Whatever I said. You said 800. Oh, 833.99 worth. worth. They ran out of 800 numbers, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it's interesting. In, 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 you take care of the investments. I That's certainly right. hope so because you <laughs> yes, do yes, for a living. Yes. 
but it's very common in in couples where you'll have, and I hate to say it, some of this it, it, still today when we look at couples retiring today, the majority of the time it is the spouse, the wife who pays the bills, and the husband who manages the investment. Don't majority. Know. That's still, not sexist. That's just what we see. Or maybe it is sexist, but that is what we, what we see. In some families, it's the opposite. Some families, it's one person who takes care of it all. But it's oftentimes split up. I think the important thing is that both couples need to have a good understanding of what's going on, at least on a, a periodic basis. To, I, I got with my wife a couple weeks ago and said, here's a listing of everything we've got. Here's where the, the, how to access things. Uh, call Pat if I die. (laughs) 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 Essentially. (laughs) That's kind of helpful to have. Yeah, well, it does uh, actually, yeah, we trust each other and we actually kind of have an understanding. But um, I don't know where I was going with this. Consider the Roth uh, conversion, contribution and then conversion. And if you can. full circle back. If you're young, if you're young, marry an accountant. Let's go. Find a wealthy one, though. If you're oh, gonna, yeah. If you're look. My grandmother used to say that to me. She used to say when I was in high school, Patrick, it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich girl as a poor one. But there's a lot more poor girls at my high school, Mom. My grandma, that's what you should have said, right? The yeah. reality is. I don't know any rich ones. Yeah, well, if you had me go to some rich high school, it'd be a little easier. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Why was this? Why was I born into poverty? <laughs> born into poverty. <laughs> ah, middle class. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the, the uh, middle class things 30 years ago, it might be considered on the... Oh, yes. On the uh, yeah. upper scale. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's uh, we'll continue on here with calls to be part of Allworth's Money Matters, 833-99-WORTH. We're in Seattle talking with Mark. Mark, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yeah, how are you today? I enjoy listening to your show. I um, was driving through California last week and picked it up. And uh, But anyway... Uh, I was wondering, I have a, a I, I'm in my uh, early 60s and I have a younger sister that's a couple years younger than me who has done zero, you know, retirement planning. And I have tried to urge her and I've even offered to match to help get her started. What are your thoughts on, you know, how do you move somebody, you know, to understand the value of, you know, doing some financial planning and, and, and really. Has she, and I, how old is I, she? Uh, she's 60. Is she not a little worried about the future? Um, you know, she's never lived, you know, frivolously, um, but she's not put anything away either. You know, she's lived within her means, but she's not, you know, I mean, all she'll have is, uh, you know, her Social Security. And, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, whatever, whatever she would inherit from me. Um, but she, yeah, exactly. Does she uh, own a home? No. So this, uh, so the question is, how do you get someone that doesn't care to care? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, I mean, she's concerned. Of, I mean, you know, how do, and and really, this is a bigger question for a lot of Americans, mm-hmm. right? You know, and uh, you know, as I've watched this whole pandemic thing, and you see all these people that you know are are suddenly broke. I mean, you know, how do we help? You know, how 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 do we move these people to? to think towards the future and, you know, uh, not just my little sister, but, um, and maybe it is an interesting thing, you know, it's, it's, and I get perplexed sometimes, Mark, because I'm in my mid fifties and I've got, I have a couple of friends I I can think of that I've known, uh, since our kids were were like babies. Right. And Mm -hmm. they have, they don't have two nickels to rub together. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, how do you go through your whole life? Uh, not saving anything. And then, you, of course, we see right. the stats like the average American can't go three months. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't pay for right. a $600 medical expense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I understand there's a certain level of poverty where, like, you're trying to figure out where your next meal's coming from. But for most Americans, mm-hmm. that's really not where they're at. It's making choices right. with their dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, look, as financial advisors, we see it all, right? Mm-hmm. We see couples come in who've had very modest incomes, mm-hmm. who've got a great retirement savings, and their income mm-hmm. needs are actually quite 
low, so it's a little easier to help <laughs> at retirement time as well. Right. And then we see others that have um, um, million dollar incomes that come in, they can, and, they, and they'll come in and they'll say, "Hey, I've saved up eight hundred thousand dollars. I want to retire." And you're like, "Well, you've been mm-hmm. living on a million, <laughs> so, <laughs> so right. you can retire for exactly nine months. Nine months, <laughs> right?" <laughs> um, I don't know the answer. Uh, I don't know the answer. Uh, what I do know is it's it's a mindset. It's consumerism. I would have them start listening to the Dave Ramsey show, not our show, but the Dave Ramsey show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he great. does a great job with um, the beginners, yes. the, like this whole mm-hmm. mindset about uh, debt and how to save for retirement. He does. And then he mm-hmm. has these programs called Baby Steps and uh, mm-hmm. Financial Prosperity or Financial Peace University, something like that. That is where I would uh, have them start. And and the reason that I like that is because he kind of creates a community around it. He actually has mm-hmm. yeah, workshops that he does at local churches. Um, oh, yeah. And so it's the Dave Ramsey show it, where ours is right. not quite familiar friendly. with him. Yeah, we, we're not that. We're not that. We're not those guys. I mean, we're just we, right. ours is a little bit more technical and a little bit, you know, more people that are further along in the process than Dave Ramsey. I see. I can tell you this though, in talking to a friend of mine who sells Mercedes Benz for a living, mm-hmm. the desire to drive a Mercedes Benz will oftentimes supersede any common sense, including someone's credit rating, where they work mm-hmm. with these people and get them into special financing right. and higher interest rates because their credit scores are so bad or they barely qualify. And at that point in time, I say to him, do you feel bad about selling him a Mercedes? He says he's got to buy it from someone. That's They're going to buy it. He goes, should they buy it? No, they shouldn't buy it. But they, I didn't go to their house. They came to the lot. Right. They know the score. How about later in life when your tax dollars are paying out there? (laughs) Right, right, right. Where the tax dollars. Mark, it's an interesting... It's an interesting dilemma. We, we we don't. I mean, from school, we don't. Our childhood school, we don't right. teach much on on basic finances and the power of compound oh, interest my, and debt. Right. My two children, who are you know in their early twenties, you know, when they were younger, I insisted that any money they make, you know, mowing lawns or whatever, and then of course into getting you know a high school job. I always insisted that they had to save 50%. And my philosophy there was that if I teach them as children to save 50%, when they get older, saving 10 or 15%, which should be okay. Thank you. And that, and that's had mixed results, truthfully. Okay. Although, <laughs> as getting, but, you know, as, as, they're getting, as they're getting into their late 20s and, and making a little bit better money, they're, you know, they're doing a better job. I, the older it, I get, you know. the more I'm convinced so much of our behavior we're born with and when it, when it comes to financial matters, there are right. people that they're they're frugal from the get go, and they love to yeah. save, and they are great savers, and they don't yeah. want to, they don't care about spending their money on consumer stuff, or they feel yeah. better about having the money saved that they still have as opposed to ex- trading it for some sort of experience. And then there's people on the other end of the spe- spectrum that all they want is experiences and stuff. They can care less about saving, right? right? And it's. Um, Ideally, if you get a a couple together and you get one of each, and then they can, you'll end up retirement with a good, good amount safe for retirement, but you have some fun along the way. Uh, Right. Well, you know, I think about, you know, I've read about the, 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 the 1918 pandemic that we went through and, you know, there was no PPD or there was no unemployment, you know, the government didn't help anybody then. And I see, you know, we seem to keep, you know, relying on the government instead of relying on ourselves and, um, you know, I just wonder, you know, how do we, to your point, it's in the schools, because I was going to say about my children, teaching them the saving, they didn't have one class all through school that talked about yeah. how to balance a checkbook or how to, yep. you know, it's and, not a requirement. And, um, my daughter, right. my daughter took one her senior year only because she's always looking for the shortcut in life and she actually works out pretty well for her. <laughs> and so uh, she took the, she, she didn't want to, she wanted the easiest math class she had at her senior year. And uh, it was uh, whatever they call it. Personal finance? Yeah, it was personal finance uh-huh. or something. And she's like, mm-hmm. came home, but like, Dad, this is like, she learned like, like why you don't want an auto loan and some of those things. But most right. people aren't. Oh, that's them. good. Well, I appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I mean, with your sister. Um, Dave Ramsey. She needs, she's right. going to have to work till 70. Yeah. She right. cannot take Social Security before that. And the challenge yeah, is it's your, it's your little sister you love and you don't want right. to. And, and I mean, I'm sure part of it's from you. You're thinking. 
I don't want to have to be <laughs> writing her check each month, right? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I haven't gotten those calls yet. You know, I'll expect them. And uh, but to your but to your point, uh, to your point, there is a little selfishness of yeah, that's not right. wanting to get those calls, but also too, you know, I know the feeling of being financially independent, you know, and, you know, the confident feeling it gives you to not have to have those kind of concerns, you know, and, and also, you know, being yeah. able to, if, 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 if a family member needs some help, you know, knowing that I can do that without harming myself, you know, um, on the other hand, you know, you want to be careful because you don't want to become an open checkbook. I, and, and, and it's, um, it's also easy. I mean, we're all guilty of this where there's certain areas of our life that right. we've got under good <laughs> under control. We do well. And it's like, right. how come they don't? But then if we're honest, there's probably other areas of our lives that uh, we're pro- <laughs> we could probably have some improvement upon. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, sure. <laughs> so, right. Uh, anyway. But at least I'll be able to afford to pay for it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. It, 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 the funny thing is it just doesn't seem that com- I remember reading a book years ago, The Richest Man in Babylon, and uh, it just comes down to just save 10%. It was like, just save 10%. Yeah. Get out, be afraid of debt. And save 10%, and everything else is going to take care of itself, pretty much. So, yes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue with some calls. Uh, 800, sorry, 833 worth is the number. You're listening to Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, All Worth's Money Matters. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. This last week... The Justice Department said they weren't going to pursue charges against Senator Richard Burr. Anyone remember Richard Burr? Here's how quickly things change, right? So this Richard Burr, GOP Senator Richard Burr, he was accused of making some stock trades ahead of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He was in the um, the meetings where they were talking about a global uh, crisis and he was making trades. But apparently he said that um, it was just it was looking at the news. He got it all from basic news. What oh, was happening in China. And so uh, <laughs> it said it, he these, some of his trades had spared lawmakers hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses as stocks sank by mid-March. Well, but he would have been better off not making the <laughs> trades. That's why I brought <laughs> right? this up. That's why I forgot all about this story because there was a handful of lawmakers. And I, remember the time and most they, of was, I guess they never got back in. Well, when do you get back in? Yeah. Even the, the insider information, he messed it up. And he works for the government. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a congressman, right? I mean, I, I just thought that I saw that article and I thought it's, I mean, kind of funny. Yeah. I guarantee he didn't go back in. Well, you know, we, 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 we had some close to home. My uh, daughter, first job, has a little bit of money saved. And so um, she invests in the uh, SP 500 six weeks before the decline, right? Six weeks. I have another son that had some money saved, and he is actually studying for his CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst, pretty smart guy, econ major. And he uh, had taken his money out and told her that she was making a mistake. (laughs) So he was timing the market. My daughter bought (laughs) six weeks before the market falls. And I asked uh, the approximately same, I go, how did you do this last year, Colleen? And she's telling me. And then I said to him, I said, well, how'd you do? <laughs> the econ, the econ, smarty pants econ yeah. major? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not That's nearly it. as well. Look, the reality, being an investor is very difficult. It's emotional. It can su- be emotional. It is emotional. And being a successful investor is challenging. Most people, if you look at studies that looks at what, like, you look over a long period of time, 20-year time horizon of stock market returns, just if you just looked at, the, say, the S&P 500, the broad market, and then looked how individual investors do compared as a to whole, that. they do worse. Compared Why? to the market. Compared to the market. Because they tend to move into those assets that have already run up in price and move out of assets 
the wrong times, right? They buy high and they sell low. Yes. And it's not easy riding through a pandemic, a financial uh, crisis like we had a few years back, dot-com bubble that burst. All of those. Something's going to happen in the not-too-distant future, whether that's... But you should not two change months, your investment two years, portfolio. Ten years. You should not change your investment portfolio unless your situation changes. Assuming you have the right one going in. That's right. But I look at my own 401k, right? I've put the maximum I was allowed every step of the way for the last 26 yeah, years. My children's friends come to me often and ask me to allocate their 401ks. I show them what I'm doing on the allocation and kind of educate them. This is what. And then I use myself as an example as I've always just put in the max I was allowed by law and I've never, ever changed my equity position. It's always been 100% stocks and this is what it's at now. And the guy's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, no. And it's not any special genius. It's just consistency. Times, and you put the maximum in. And the maximum from day one. First time I ever got a job that I had a 401k, first paycheck that I was eligible, put it in. Because I figured, look, I've, I've lived without that money anyway. What's the maximum uh, this year? 19 grand a year uh, for yeah, someone under age 50? Like, and then there's a catch-up of uh, another yeah. 6,000 or something like that. So I think it's 25 grand, 26 grand. If you're over age 50. Correct. A 50 or older. But yeah. if you're young, getting in your 20s, 30s, new co- let's say you're out of five years out of college, you, there's no reason you can't be putting in the maximum in your 401k. Yes, especially if you're used to not making any money to begin with. It's all new money to you. So, and, go it's, to- and it's letting it's letting the markets run their course. But at, it it when every day when I get up, I, I I glance at the markets. Obviously, one of the first things I do in the morning. Mm-hmm. You looked at me weird. Do you not look at the markets in the morning? Yeah, I look at the okay. markets. <laughs> like, of I'm like, good for you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that was a good discipline. I don't look at the markets until 8 a.m. That'd be well, great you're discipline. Like, you're just like, <laughs> I mean, we go without saying that you look at the markets every day, wouldn't you? Oh, it's not going to change behavior. Why do you? I don't know. Well, think it's probably, it. yeah, we kind of have to. Well, so. that's part of our job. But... I honestly hope for down days because the more we go with an up 150 points to an, or percentage wise NASDAQ up another percent, up another one and a half percent, up half a percent. Oh, down quarter of a percent up one and a half percent. It's like how long bigger the bubble, but listen, I thought, you talked to me at the beginning of the pandemic. I would have never been able to predict where the markets would be by the end of the year. I certainly wouldn't have predicted they were up as high as they were. And you don't invest your own dollars nor your clients' dollars based on what you might predict or what you feel the markets are going to do. That is correct. That is correct. That is that is a fool's errand. Because over the long term, what drives the equity values of stocks is the underlying earnings of the companies. Over the long term, over the short term, what drives values of stock is anyone's in, guess. Investor sentiment. We could say the Fed's pumping all kinds of things. We could but say anything after the fact. It's when it's when the future good news isn't quite as bright as today's good news. That's when things can start to turn, even before they it, it, it actually shows up in the economy. Yeah, when the future's good news isn't quite as good as today's yeah, good news. That's right. The the belief of the future's good news or, isn't going to be as whether good news, fake news, real news, whatever. Yeah, but it is. Um, stay invested. Yeah, um, yeah, for your long-term dollars, stay invested and be diversified of those dollars that you need for your retirement. If you don't, then go ahead and keep investing in whatever you feel like. But <laughs> All right, let's talk with uh, Maria. Maria, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello, Scott. Hello, Pat. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, glad you joined us. I really appreciate it. Um, Yes, um, I spoke with you about a year ago when I had a question regarding financing my daughter's education. 
she was going to medical school in the fall and I wanted to help her financially as much as I could. So I was considering refinancing my mortgage and taking some cash out to cover some of the expenses. I'm and, not sure if you remember. And out of curiosity, mm. tell us what our advice was. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> 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 we probably said let her let her figure it out as much as possible. I guess you said to load up on student loans. Okay. And and because if I was to take uh, cash out, then it will be you know my responsibility for the rest of the loan. So the the life of the loan. So That's right. The fall yes. Yeah, so the fall semester came and she took out fifty thousand in student loans. But the semester was online, and uh, she ended up living at home, and some of the fees were not applicable. So she ended up not needing seventeen thousand of the fifty thousand. Okay. And she had the option to return uh, whatever she didn't need by the end of the semester, and the loan amount and the loan origination fees and everything would have been adjusted. Okay. And so we were faced with a difficult decision: what to do? Do we return anything at all? Do we return the seventeen thousand that she didn't need? Or even return thirty seven because she had twenty thousand saved from a job she had while she was in college. What we did we ended up um, paying back seventeen thousand, but I'm not sure if that was the right decision and I wanted to get your perspective on this, especially that we are facing the same question this semester. She took out fifty thousand again and she will have some left over. Do we keep? What she doesn't need because eventually she will need it when she moves um, into rotations and she has to cover a lot more. I don't know, or she oh, can well, take um, so new loans. Then here's the, one of the re- I guarantee one of the reasons we to- said to take the, use the the student loans is because the potential for forgiveness. There's already forgiveness in the in the books now. That uh, if <laughs> if someone could work in the private sector, you're you're the amount they have to pay is limited to a percentage of they make up this income formula that's it's uh yeah it's based on uh the higher your income the higher the percentage of your income needs to go to the student loans the lower your income the lower the percentage or needs nothing to go, goes to st- or nothing at all and then after 24 20, 20 years, years it's, it's deferred it's forgiven what type of medicine is she studying maria um She's just starting medical school uh, like human like not veterinary and she she will choose her specialty yes. towards the end, I guess. Okay. Um, and the reason I asked that is because, uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine, daughter, same situation. Uh, there's a rural community uh, program that actually forgives all student loans right. uh, if you become a doctor in rural communities. I I think I would, I, I quite frankly, I'd probably load up on the student loans. Didn't quite, you take a student loan in, in college and invest in stocks or something, Pat? I might have. Yes, okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did okay. Um, I don't think that was what the student loan was no, designed for. I, no, I, don't think so. uh, I mean that's the definition of moral hazard, right? Like, if it were me, if it were my daughter, probably, I, I, I would probably go the route you're going. Like, let's don't take more student loans than we need. But the question is that so when she goes on rotation or does her residency, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to try to scam the government. Or anything. Understand, I, I, like. You I mean, can, our job as advisors is to help people navigate through the tax code. I mean, but she has 20000 in the bank um, yeah. already. And so this year, we're talking about $34,000 in what's debt. The, what's the interest they charge while she's in school? Well, right now it was 0% that oh, past yeah. semester, and I think it will be zero yeah. until the end of January unless Joe Biden extends it. But uh, the longer What do you think is going to happen? He's already... <laughs> And what's the origination cost on the amount? It's four percent. It's four percent of the amount, and that's why we. Oh, I'd pay it back. I'd pay it back. That cost of money is. is yeah, high. sure. They already paid it back. The question is, this, this next, next time semester, around, she just she take out as much as she needs. Yeah, take out the fifty grand and pay back the seventeen at the end of the or whatever she does. Whatever spend. you don't spend at the end of the semester. So take okay. take as much as they'll lend you today. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the semester, they give you the option of actually paying it back, the monies you did not use, including the origination fee. Then you would pay it back then. I wouldn't borrow less. 
I'd borrow the same amount with the plan of paying it back because even though she had twenty happen. grand of her own money, to spend even if she oh that that's twenty not grand, a lot of money by the way. Yeah, that twenty grand, I wouldn't I wouldn't use any of that to pay back the loans. I'd keep that in reserve when she goes to do her residency or rotations, whatever wherever it may be. She may need to use some of that. Right, and that was our thought too. I'm like, um, we don't, don't want to go down to zero, and yeah, no. then yeah. if we need. If I were a betting person, I would bet there's going to be some forgiveness of her. That would be going into medicine. Yeah, that would be. There's going to be a shortage we, of doctors. And... Should we keep the seventeen thousand this semester, or should we just keep returning what she doesn't? If it were me, I wouldn't take out more student loans than I actually needed for my education. Yeah, I would return the seventeen thousand. Okay. All right, because it's a it's a four percent. The cost of money there is is four percent. That's high. That's high. Yes. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) it sounds funny. There was a time at four percent. That's like almost free. Yeah. So return that seventeen thousand. Borrow another fifty thousand dollars for this semester, and then at the end of the Mm -hmm. semester, return any unused dollars. All righty. Okay. Yes, and I have one another question. Because sure. when they gave the second 50000 this semester, they dated it back to August. And we are like, why is it going back to August? Because these are two separate disbursements. Uh, and so they explained to her that this is the cycle. It's one loan, but it's dispersed twice. Mm-hmm. Something. Do you know anything about that? I haven't a clue, yeah, but it, it sounds it, it sounds right to me. It, basically, what they're looking at they did is... did the underwriting once. And- yeah, it's their year. It's their... Their calendar, the calendar says that it starts at the beginning of the semester and ends at the beginning of the semester. So it wouldn't bother me. So if the interest rate was like 4%, we would be paying 4% on the second 50000 No, because it's simple August. interest. So you only, you only, you would only be charged, assuming you were charged that interest during that time, you, you would only be charged the interest of any outstanding balance you had during that period. Not from the date of the loan, only the date of the distribution to the uh, recipient of the oh. loan. Really? Even though, okay. All righty. Okay, yes. Right. Thank right. you so Thank much. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate the call. And by the way, look, if I were a betting man, I would bet in the next four years there's going to be some forgiveness of some student loans. Oh, I wouldn't be in a hurry to pay down the student loans. I mean, how much did we go into debt? Another $3 trillion last year? Uh, we just had another package of almost a trillion. Uh, Biden's already talking about another one point nine trillion. It's like it's candy. You it's start like it's throwing money. trillions around, and pretty What's soon another... it's going to add up to real money. <laughs> What's another <laughs> trillion and a half for getting rid of some student loans? By the way, by the way, uh, what we are starting to see is consolidation in the college space, which is long overdue. Uh, where colleges are actually being purchased by other colleges, and colleges closing down. You're thinking, how could that be good? Well, it's the marketplace. Uh, the marketplace is actually adjusting to the uh, to the supply of the students. I was talking to a demand. friend who was on a board of trustee for a small university, and I said because they were talking about they were looking at doing raising some money for this or that. I said, at what point? <laughs> at what point is it not better for you to merge into another university and be a, a remote campus? She's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, how? I, <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> How many boards of trustees? Boards of trustees are typically free; they're not paid jobs. But, but the administration is all isn't. the administration figuring. I mean, every, you think of all, all that the benefits, goes into it. software, all that goes into it, like, teacher selection, HR. Like, why do we need a bunch of little campuses with two thousand people? Yeah. Oh, well, we're already starting to see it. We're starting the to market's see it. doing it. And po- the reality is, over the last twenty years, the uh, higher education has been. Um, the, the true cost has been subsidized by the federal government and student loan programs. No question. It has driven, it has driven the cost of education higher, not lower, higher. Why? Because there's more capital that's chasing it. I certainly don't begrudge any professors, but a lot of them have really nice schedules. Yeah. <laughs> right. They have a couple classes. They have the grad students teach the classes. I mean, they don't, they're that's not working forty hours all right. a week. They, maybe I'm not blaming them. No, 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 no. But it, I don't think that'd be the case if if there was a finite if, if there was a limited amount of dollars to go towards Resources. education. But it's almost unlimited when the government issues student loans to anyone who can fog a mirror. Yes, in almost any uh, type of education. Doesn't matter. Basket, yes. we, you know, ancient ancient history, basket weaving, perfect. Look at your sign. I don't know how many of those. I bet there is something. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, 
it would be a, if, I, well, I, let's I, go. I won't even go. All right, if you'd like to join the show. What a current guy. I couldn't imagine Scott. looking through a college curriculum today and, and just even the titles of some of the classes. 833-999-6784, if you'd like to join. You're, yeah. All right. I'm trying to change the subject <laughs> before we get ourselves in trouble. 833-99-WORTH. All right. Let's talk to Illinois. Uh, go to Illinois. Talk with Len. Len, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yes, gentlemen, thank you for taking my call. You're scaring me with this trillions in debt stuff, but... <laughs> I'm not making I'm it up. Yeah, <laughs> we see it all. I'm 66 years old, about to retire. I have a 457 plan, and I also have a regular IRA from another former employer, and I would like to consolidate them and kind of wondering what should I consider in which one to roll my money into. Where's your IRA today? Um, it is with a Vanguard with Vanguard. Are you confident in your ability to both select investments as well as manage this, uh, throughout? I don't know that I am. I would probably go with just a date targeted plan. I don't know, like a 2030 or something and just let them. And how much is in your 457? I don't really need the money to live on. Um, my 457's got about 180,000 in it. And how about your IRA? Uh, the IRA's only got like 30,000 in it. And you've got a pension coming in, so you don't need these dollars for retirement income. Correct. And you're 66, so at age 72, you're going to have to start retaking required minimum distributions unless it gets pushed out and, a couple more years. And how much will your pension be? Um, it will be about 38,000 a year. And will you be eligible for Social Security as well? I will be. And I assume you have no debt. No debt. Okay. Um, so I would I, I would consolidate the dollars out of the 457 and into the IRA. So I assume that you either work for a state or a municipality. Um, yes. Okay. And so what happens is technically, and you're in the state of Illinois, so technically uh, that 457 is an asset of that municipality. Now, I say technically, uh, there's only been one instance that I'm aware of where they've actually, if the municipality- But Illinois, there's their finances in such good Well, that's shape. why I said you're, you're, you live in the state of Illinois. Because uh, We're in California, no, so we're we like- can, We can pick on, we, we can actually pick on guys like New Jersey and Illinois, but no one else. Um, so I would move it over to the Vanguard Fund, and I wouldn't use a target date. I actually wouldn't. I would probably uh, get a little bit more aggressive with this, and I would actually probably go, depending upon— you, you, could be, you could be much more aggressive in this. Much more aggressive. Much, much more aggressive. I would depending go— Depending on your comfort zone, because your time horizon is very long. You just said you don't need the dollars. Yes. Yeah, and so I would probably go 70 to 80% equities. Are you married? I am. Mm -hmm. And how old is your spouse? Um, she's 63. What do you think these dollars will be used for? Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. I guess we're so blessed. We haven't given it a whole ton of thought. So I would go I would go 70 to 80% equities in this and the rest uh, some cash, bonds. And well, you some... could certainly do that because you can consider the rest of your income as fixed is you know, fixed is, income is secure. Bond. Yeah. And, yes. and then what I would do is I'd go through the calculation every year between now, the date of your retirement and age 72 and look to see whether you should do Roth conversions on that. And part of that driver will be your marginal tax rate versus the people that you name as the primary beneficiary on your IRA's marginal tax rate. If they're the same or yours is higher, you may not actually want to convert. But that's what I would look at, and I wouldn't use a target date on this. No. In fact, okay. I, I would even I would actually pay someone to actually allocate it for you. Yep, and well, of course you would believe that. That's what you do for a living. Well, we do typically <laughs> we typically manage someone's whole portfolios, and we can do it on a one-off on an hourly basis or by a project, or yeah, we manage the monies. A good and, you get a good advice. Studies have shown that a good financial advisor, and we're not trying to pitch you on our services because there's lots of good advisors, mm -hmm. but a good mm -hmm. financial advisor uh, will make a will earn much more than what you pay for in a typical fee. Well, the, and part of that is the Roth conversion, which you didn't ask about at all. 
uh, which is what I would actually concentrate. If you were sitting in, it's all the financial planning aspects that go around with it. plus the behavioral uh, finance. Yeah. But you can most certainly. Mm-hmm. That's why I wouldn't use a target date. You need to be more aggressive than what a target date would allow you to do. Um, and okay. I would go seventy to eighty percent equities and not and not worry about it. And if you want to pay if, someone, if, pay someone if, to manage it. Well, let Don't let them you. sell you an index annuity or any of this garbage. You just let want- me ask you this question: What percentage mm-hmm. of your portfolios and stocks today? Um, a fairly high percent. We have, um, well, we're heavy in real estate, personal real estate. We have a second home and uh, we have an E-Trade account with about 130000 in it. Um, Percentage-wise, between the IRA and all of that combined, we have a, I don't know, we're probably at about 70%. Right. Well, to yep. Pat's, then, then don't change that. Don't change it. I just would put everything in an IRA and I'd actually move the money from, you know, E-Trade. I'd, I'd get it all at the same custodian just so it makes your life easier. There's no reason to have some money at E-Trade and some money at Vanguard. You, you know, one or the other. It's, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't and go I, to one store for milk and the other store for eggs. Yeah, your wife I probably think... does. My wife goes to Trader Joe's. That's where my wife Rayleigh's goes. Rayleigh's and Nugget. There it is. Those three. <laughs> Uh, Three stores uh, and Target sometimes I, for some and Costco five. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, I, but, <laughs> all right, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so, what was your question? Vanguard, Vanguard may charge less of a fee than the four fifty seven I'm with. Oh, and- it's look the the, the difference. The, 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 look, I, I, it's I, pennies. I, if if it's anything at all, it's pennies, well, and they might charge a little bit more on something and less on something else. But the four fifty seven in the Vanguard internal cost. What would if, if fees are almost nothing at Vanguard? But the question is not really the asset management fee as much as the overall financial planning investment advice fee around this. Where if you had. You had an advisor kind of overseeing the entire thing, looking at the real estate, looking at the E-Trade. When do we do some Roth conversion? Do, are, do we have to, are there some things to consider about taxation when it comes to real estate? When do you start Social Security? When does your spouse start Social Security? Uh, all, all of those things. And I mean, I understand Vanguard has like a call center with a bunch of certified financial planners. I don't know. If they're, I, I can't vouch for whether they do a great job or not. I don't know enough about them. I like mm-hmm. Vanguard for their for their index funds. We use them quite a bit at Allworth, but we don't use their. Um, gotcha. I have no idea how their financial. Anyway, appreciate the call. Works. Congratulations Thank on the retirement. So much. Uh, yeah, congrats on retirement. It's always that day kind of slips up. I think quicker than um, a lot of people. Yeah, people, people keep people asking me when I'm going to retire. Well, I've been asking that for a while. Okay. When are you retiring? <laughs> okay. So we have uh, upcoming virtual New Year's retirement workshops, Tuesday, January 26th, 27th, and 28th. And you can find those at allworthfinancial.com. Yeah. And um, okay, they're good. I mean, that's the world win right now. So we're, we're not having live events, but they're good. I mean, they're really good quality programs. Uh, New Year retirement workshop. Again, January 26th, 27th, 28th. We're out of time. It's been great being with you. You've been listening to Allworth Financials, Money Matters. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.